Ready, set, go! This is the Checkpoint XP Podcast. Check out our international radio show and daily podcast at CheckpointXP.com. Here are your hosts, Nate Bender, Robbie Landis, Norris Howard, and Joe Sloan. Checkpoint Reach. Hey, welcome to the Checkpoint Podcast on the Westwood One Podcast Network. Everyone's listening. Exclusive, uncensored, and extended conversations from the nationally syndicated crew of the Checkpoint XP Radio Show. My name's Nate Benner. I'm joined by the Checkpoint XP crew, Robbie Landis. What up? Norris Howard. What up, Doug? And Joe Sloan. like to be here. So we uh, start off this show every week with some iTunes reviews. Do we have some? We don't have to yell at them this week. We have challenged our listeners to leave iTunes reviews not on this feed, but for our daily show, which uh, launched just before the holidays. And uh, I am proud to report (gasps) that we have two... New reviews All to right. read. Good today. job, yeah, guys. Listen. I'm yes. very happy. We don't have to yell at you this week. We didn't Yay. like yelling at you last week. We didn't want to. Doesn't feel good. Well, speak for yourself. All right. Well, he <laughs> wanted to. <laughs> so, uh, who wants to read this first uh, review? I'll take the first one because it looks okay. like the second one might upset me. Uh, Great <laughs> as always by DJ Ravenfall says Checkpoint XP was already one of the best podcasts out there, and now we get it in daily bites. The crew runs this show. Nate, Robbie, Joe, Norris, and now sometimes Sarah are incredibly knowledgeable and immensely fun to listen to. Getting to hear more of them each day is a nice treat, and I welcome it wholeheartedly. Well, thank Aww. you, DJ Ravenfall. Two stars and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we would like to encourage the rest of you listening to go submit iTunes reviews to the Checkpoint XP daily iTunes feed. And you can find that by uh, searching Checkpoint XP through iTunes. Who wants to read our second review? It. All right. This one is uh, from Major Riggs, and it says, great show, better people, and a Robbie. Oh, Major Riggs. I see you in the chat all the time. And, a, mm. and a Robbie. Mm. I stumbled onto the show just about a year ago, driving to work in Philadelphia. Ever right, since I Philly. found out the show was recorded on Twitch, I was hooked. The show is always very well put together with loads of news and opinions that keep you locked in throughout the show. When the format moved to daily, it became a part of my daily routine. Either experiencing it live or catching up while on the treadmill, these five outstanding hosts are always a part of my day. From the show to the hours of stream... From the show to the hours of streamed gaming to the 24-hour charity streams that make the overnight shift fly by, you will not be disappointed. Nate, Robbie, Norris, Joe, and Sarah, thank you for the great show. Look forward to one hell of a 2019 and kooky 2020. <laughs> kooky right. running for president? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but Are we announce, for... officially announcing the campaign? Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I just want to put a quick uh, reminder out there to you guys that uh, on the case in point of uh, giving us reviews, if the Checkpoint XP podcast gets to 200 this year and... Checkpoint Daily gets to 50. Norris has volunteered himself as cosplay tribute. When it comes time, if you guys make both of those goals, you're going to get to help decide what cosplay I make for him. And he will have some some uh, 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 say in it as there, well. There are obviously. some hard limits, because that, uh, not fine. just because of me, but... Because Twitch, of Twitch, mm-hmm. you know, we'll, they we'll, are picky. We'll take suggestions, and, 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 and uh, I'll sit down with you and basically come up with like the finalist sort of. We'll list. come up with the finalist, and we'll announce them on air. But yeah. before that, as Robbie said, everything uh, has to be reviewed. Two hundred on the Checkpoint XP podcast, and fifty for the Daily Show podcast. So, just to give you an idea of where we're sitting at in terms of our totals, okay? in the Checkpoint cosplay count. 
That's right. So like that. as we're looking at our podcast reviews, total number of podcast reviews for the Checkpoint XP podcast on the Westwood One Podcast Network, 129. Ooh, that ain't a lot. To that go. ain't a lot. This that is, ain't this a lot. Is this, easy this, compared this, to the Bubsy jump. I know, right? Like, this seems definitely doable. So they need, what, 71 more by the end of the year? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. Pretty doable. And on Checkpoint XP Daily, we've got five 45 reviews. 45 to go. That's right. This is really doable, guys. Absolutely. We see the download numbers. Trust me. This is doable. And, Review. And I want to uh, also thank the two that uh, see, you know, went and sought out the Checkpoint 76 iTunes feed and oh, awesome. uh, oh, left a few reviews there. I so. can't wait till Dave reviews our Checkpoint 76. Fuck Dave. <laughs> I hate Dave. <laughs> okay. Do you guys read reviews on Checkpoint 76? We will now, <laughs> now that we have reviews. Okay. Awesome. All right, All right guys. All right. So you ready for this topic again? Because I'm the, uh, again, so ready. The, I've been ready for a week. This doesn't happen often, but, you know, every, like, what, six months to a year, there's a big story that pops up. In I'd say TV. it's good for right. once a year. Well, once a year, usually. All right. Once yeah, a year, yeah, something big. Because remember, two years ago, it was the Venezuelans. Uh, in Eve, remember where the no, was, was think, it? The Venezuelans? Are you, if you're thinking of the uh, uh, the where? price of the Venezuelan dollar, that's Wow Gold stuff. It was yeah, Wow Gold. That was okay. Wow Gold. But yeah, we did no, actually. But Venezuelans it. were mining in Eve, and that was how some people were actually oh, making yeah, money. They were, oh, they were right. making enough that, money that to be able been, to feed yeah, themselves. Yeah. Yeah. What, yeah. You, what you might be thinking uh, about because we did actually cover uh, a story on Eve before. I think the last one we covered. Was when the Keepstar plans were first put into the game off of whatever the strongest thing was at the time. Yeah. When it dropped them, the alliance that actually took down that enemy didn't get the plans because someone else swooped in, swooped in and, and grabbed snagged them. them. Yep. Yeah. Yes. And then warped away. That's right. Yeah. And actually, what uh, our story centers around today is what I didn't realize the first time I read this, but the first Keepstar to ever be constructed by an alliance known as uh, um, uh, the the Hard Knocks, and they named their Keepstar. Fort Knox. Fort Knox. Fort Knox. <laughs> okay. Of course. I love it. Of course. I love it. Um, they put that inside a wormhole, which is, first of all... It's a very volatile space. Yes. Wormhole space in EVE is interesting on a few levels. It's dangerous to be in there, but you do get a lot of resources mm-hmm. for being in there. But you don't have access to, like... Uh, like uh, 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 station warps and stuff like that, you know. The right, you can't network. just go to the nearby station and say, "Hey, take me to wormhole space." No, you Doesn't certainly can't. You have to find temporary tears that are constantly in flux and popping up in different places. And if enough people have gone through them, enough masses pass through, they close up. They close up and open up somewhere else. Also, being inside wormholes, there's no local chat, so you can't monitor activity or know who's in there. So, taking down a Keepstar inside a wormhole is virtually unheard of. First of all, first of all, putting a Keepstar, yeah, building as well, yeah, building a Keepstar in a wormhole is very difficult because you have to you have to like basically take in resources one almost one at a time, and then. That will close eventually, and you have yeah. to find another tear yep. and take all your resources over there, and then put Continue them all funneling through. it in. Yeah, so, until so you're done. Our story starts, and then before we even get there, <laughs> you got to build all of that in the wormhole. That is volatile space. That anything can happen because you time. don't have local chat. Yeah, yeah. So uh, our story actually starts 11 months before what we're about to talk about. We're two friends. We're just kind of joking about taking down Fort Knox and how that would even be possible. And mm-hmm. they surmise that it's not. You can't do it. But, but one of those friends was like, but how would you go about doing it? 
And he started actually going around and, and sort of plotting and recording how the wormholes opened and closed and sort of like plotting out because one of the big things is you're going to have to have control of those wormholes. You would not be able to just take your entire army through. No, because they're closed too fast. Close right. And you have to be able to get your supplies in there and keep them coming in in order to... to I mean, because these EVE battles are this is a insanely long protracted. Long yeah. This was a weeks-long battle when it finally happened. But what oh they God. started doing is they started bringing in bit by bit freighter here, freighter there, loaded up with, with fighters and whatnot, and hiding it in Rage, which is what the, the, the wormhole space that... Is uh, called... Yeah. Well, there's particular was named Rage. Started hiding it behind like planets and stuff like that. Because again, without local chat, the only way to know people are in there is to go is over to there. find it. Is to visually stumble across it. So over eleven months, an alliance known as the Initiative starts bringing them through. And again, this whole time they're also kind of you know taking note of how wormholes work, how much mass passes through it, when they close, stuff like that. Eleven months worth of planning, and then one day they put the call out to the Initiative. Some shit's going down. Get online. At this point, maybe a handful of people know they're targeting Fort Knox specifically. Mm-hmm. Usually stuff like this gets around, right? Right. Sure. A major, it's, a major it's, alliance it's like, operation it, like that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like any other social group, like any other guild or anything. You know, it, you'll start hearing rumblings or, or whisperings. Rumors or something. Rumors, rumors. You know, such yeah, and yeah, such yeah. Yeah. about it to would, attempt a world first. Exactly. Da, da, da. Exactly. But in this case, they actually kept it so quiet that the vast majority of people didn't realize where they were going or what they were doing until they're in rage going for Fort Knox and then it started lighting up in people's heads and realizing holy oh, shit crap we're doing we're this we're doing this so, how exciting would that be by the way like like so like for those who have never played Eve online uh, I've my experience with it is very limited however my cousin played a ton of it and he was very active in there what you would call end game sure so I would see we'd be you know we'd be you know at Coney Island or something like that and he'd get a text message and say like Oh, we got to wrap up. I got to go home and get online. Our, we're we're moving out. Yeah, and it's like this isn't like. All right, guys, uh, we got a uh, we got raid at nine o'clock. You got to be on it at, at eight. At no, 8:30. it means this is get when, the fuck up and go get online right yeah. now. Well, the, and and in in a way, I mean, you know, we're all old MMO heads. Yes. Like all of us played FF eleven. Uh, you know, to to some degree, dude. It's like having your NM clock on your phone. That's exactly what I was going to say, and and that's that's really the only parallel that I can draw it to is because that's that's another game that had a world clock and. Events were dynamic on that. Yeah. So, like, you could have uh, uh, an NM pop, you know, seven hours after you last expect week. it to pop. Yeah, because right, it was, but, the oh, clock oh. restarted after last death. Exactly. Now, now here's the difference, though. Uh, this would be like if you don't get that NM because not enough people got online, your link shell is just destroyed. Right. Well, <laughs> this is what happens. Yeah. The consequences for failure. Right. Are way escalated. Like, in this. like, yeah, it's like permadeath, and all your items get get just chucked out the window. Pretty but much. I, but I mean, like, that's that's kind of one of the appeals of Eve is that the stakes are really high. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, the stakes are super high, meaning. The reward is also yes. when you. <laughs> We're going to get to that here in oh, a minute. God. You know, one of the other but things to mention too is once people realized what was happening, right? Obviously, the the, the hard knocks do not have a lot of time to respond to this, right? So sure. they're immediately put at a disadvantage, despite the fact that they're in their wormhole space. But one of the cool things that happened was there were people that sort of this is very polarizing. You fell on one side or the other, and there were actually people who had been done wrong by Fort Knox that, upon hearing about this, actually logged in to help defend them really 
There were wow. some people that fell on that side of it. Yeah, because like this is a big thing that's happening in a wormhole, and all of this hinged going back to the wormhole tears, right? Because once a certain amount of mass has gone through, it closes up. Sure. So whoever has control of those wormholes decides the course of this battle. If the hard knocks could take control of it, and no more ships or supplies could come in, the initiative is they essentially just locked out. out. Yeah. Over the week long battle, the initiative lost worm or, or hole control for ten minutes. Wow. wow. 10 minutes in a week. That's insane. Wow. But that's what I'm getting at. Like, you're, you're, you're talking about, like, hey, log on and, like, let's fight this monster that just spawned. This is right. like, hey, you need to get on and you're going to be on patrol duty from uh, 4 p.m. until 8 p.m. Yeah. No, but I mean, this is, it's crazy because this is literally war games. This yeah. is war oh, games. Absolutely. Is. This is. is how it works because effectively what that was is the uh, ally- the initiative said, "Hey, we have to protect our supply lines." The, the basic w- warfare 101. That yep. are completely random randomized by the way. Yeah, straight up. Hey, our supply lines popping up over there. There's a terror. Go protect it. As a matter of fact, you, cousin, who was at Coney Island, yo, bro, you need to get back to the crib. We, the uh, terrorist popped here, here, here. All right, but bet you run home and you get on there and you protect it because, like you guys said, if the 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 alliance, the initiative loses that battle, they don't just become you know the guys who tried to attack Fort Knox and lost. No. No, that it's coming back the other way. That effectively wipes out the largest faction in EVE Online. Yeah. If, if Could I, you imagine I, the ramifications for, for, for that economy, for that space, if you will? If I remember correctly from the article, uh, uh, by the way, Fort Knox did fall. It worked. $8,000 worth of time, resources, blah, 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 blah. Here's the kicker. When you are in wormhole space and something is destroyed, any resources or supplies or anything that is within that Keepstar station or or any transports or anything in there just drifts out in space for anyone to pick up. Lootable. Is all everything lootable, dude? So there were so they, many. There were like low level players who came up off. Well, that. I don't know if low level play. I don't know how they would be able to necessarily get. Like I don't know how easy that is. But this does bring up another sort of uh, sort of faction or, or or a type of player: suicide gankers, right? Yep. Because once once the hard knocks realized what was happening, because at some point you go from defensive to we have to cut and run. Yeah, yeah. We, need to to start, get out of here. we need to start picking stuff up. As they're going through and trying to get out, there are people, yes, who are capitalized mm-hmm. offing this, taking out freighters oh, and frigates oh, no. in mid-space. It's insane, and this created this chain reaction. Even, even weeks after this battle was finished, other people are now realizing, all right, wormholes aren't as safe as we thought they were. They actually might and, be a hindrance. And because there's no way to monitor who's in our space or who could be mounting an attack, it might actually be better to just take them out. Everyone else who had keep stars or anything else in wormhole space is now this having this mass exodus to take everything out. And, and again, <laughs> suicide gankers <laughs> taking advantage An of this. Entire meta game has meta shift. Up That's what this out was of this. out of nowhere. Wow! And this was eleven months worth of planning for I this. I love stuff like this, and and this, this is, only happens in Eve. It, it only it, first of all, it can only happen in an online game where you're pitting people against other people right right like the whole idea this like pvp the concept of pvp has been 
so tainted over the la- like over yes, the last by ten- yes by griefers and that's exactly it about pe- you know pe- by people who get butt hurt when they get beat and then they uh, you know means to an or end whatever or some people arguments just start getting whipped out burn. yeah it is what it is some people are just chaotic by nature I guess but it, you're right the the essence of PvP was not built in people to run around and just you know grief each other it was built on the premise of like the old school duel of just like i have an issue with you you're pissing me off we've got well, to this, we've gotta fight this it out. is this is one of the uh, the the great things about fallout 76 and one of the things that i've found so attractive is that Every person that you come across in the world is a potential danger. You don't trust anyone. Mm -hmm. And it, and it impacts the way that you interact with people. Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, when I meet people on 76, I'm generally pretty polite or at least more polite than I would be on an MMO where I'd be like, man, you fucking suck. I fucking hate you. You don't don't know if that guy has the means to take you out and make your life a living hell. Exactly. that's like uh, even my short time in Eve. You know, a lot of the time in the early games, you're in high sex space, which is basically means if someone attacks you, the police show up and will resolve the conflict. Yeah. Sure. Uh, but but as you, you get, get into like deep space, man. null sec or, or you yeah. know, low sec or null sec, now all of a sudden people have the option of like, well, if I really don't like you. I can, like in low security, you can still blow someone up, but the police are going to come blow you up in return. Right. And you still get kind of flagged red. You get flagged yeah, red, yeah. effectively, yeah. So uh, that's how it was when I played anyway. But uh, you would get people doing that to you. But if, if if people hated you or just really were having a bad day, they might say, you know what? It's worth my rifter to, to blow up this person who's pissing me off. I'm right. willing to lose it to the police. I right. can deal with that. Right. So you would find yourself, like you say, Nate, being a little more polite than maybe you would be it, it's, to everyone else. It, it's just it's interesting the way that people socialize around games like that, where they're it's not, you know, like I think that it was interesting to watch myself socialize through ff11 because that was entirely co-op there was yes. no there was no other way besides <laughs> there was i mean PvP, there was pvp yes but no. you had to go way you had to go way the fuck out of your way to, but to it, do there it there was nothing you could do in 11 that wasn't cooperative in right. nature exactly right. and, nothing, and nothing and, substantive in right this. and and because of that like i think that you know my collaborative uh uh part of my personality was sated by that game yeah. yeah um you know i think there are other games that sate my competitive nature um but you know games where you just have the ability like players have the open ability to come and fuck with your shit i think that that really it, like yeah, it, it, again, it has, it has a big again, it effect on my behavior. Yes, you know, exactly. the stakes. Especially it it, Eve, because, it, again, we have this game where you can basically put a real-world currency value right. on things. Yeah, 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 because yeah, there true. is ways to bring money in and this out of the game. This was over an $8,000 battle. Well, now, uh, 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 I think the Keepstar Citadel the was Keep $8,000, yeah, right? Was eight, eight the battle that's was not, way more. Yeah, I was yeah, about yeah. to say, that's not counting all the resources lost, all and the, the ships, ships lost, yeah. time, because time. time is money. Time, oh, yeah. yeah. You know? I, I, and I, I, how, I, wanted, I wonder how that impacted the economy as well, because there were people who probably stopped mining for mining resources. Oh, there were people, I guarantee you, pl- quit the game after this. Oh, oh yeah. I would have. If I was part of Let Fort, me, Fort Knox, Hard Knox, I'd probably quit what, after this. Way back in the day, there was a humongous war where basically... It was effectively a civil war. 
everyone took a side mm-hmm. on these two. That was like there was there was because uh, it was Goon Swarm. I, oh, Goon Swarm. Oh, yeah, Goon Swarm. It, uh, I, I, it, I, that was like during my active days of being on the something awful forums, I and I would but, read about Goon Swarm a lot. Before you get into this, this, cool. this is one of my favorite things about Eve, and in, in, in that I don't know how they got to this point, but I don't think any other game can hope to replicate something like this, even Fallout seventy six, or probably even Ashes of Creation. But when you talk about this, this Civil War, this history is all player executed stuff right yeah. yeah this is in history to eve the same way that the calamity in world of warcraft from deathwing no, is this in that is the game. history to eve as history is to human beings it is literally yeah. people doing stuff and it being and writing written, it down but, that, but this doesn't exist in other in other games well, the same I, way i i think because uh, I think other game developers want to be able to control the way that the world changes sure. and shifts. Sure. But like when, this isn't but, a game you can decide as a developer like no, I no, want to no. create the next E. No, but, but it seems was, but it but yeah. seems like CCP specifically will go out of their way to change their game or their development direction based on something that the player base oh, does. Right? Like, it, it's it's hard for me to see another game embracing a player event and canonizing that within its history because it's simply, like, it... The the ego of a of a game developer won't let that happen because they're like, well, I didn't do that. My fucking community did that. It means nothing to me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like J- there's Jitter. there's a bit there's a bit of fucking arrogance that goes along with yeah. that. That's a little bit frustrating because as a player base, I think one of the coolest things that attracted me to uh, MMOs in the early days was the idea that the player base could have an impact on the world. Mm-hmm. And then WoW came around and did. Cataclysm, and then it was like, no, the developer controls yeah. all of that shit. And the notion, the very idea that players had any kind of agency on the world around them just it went away. The last game that I actively heard trying to make that a part of their development strategy was Horizons, and that game did terribly. And it wasn't until you got Minecraft and the games that kind of spun out of Minecraft that this notion, the players being able to have agency within the world and impact the world, not just in a storyline or a history-making way, but like something that the players do impact irrevocably the map the world something that everyone sees but i think it takes more than just you know a lack of hubris it takes a lot of courage and staying power too it also it also takes it also takes a very very close connection to your community community. but eve has had to do this for a very long time uh, do you know how hard it is for a developer not to go in and mess with stuff the the riots in jitta are the i think the best example of this with ccp and eve online i don't i'm I'm gonna straight up i don't remember what it was that ccp did that pissed off their community so badly but they got so mad the only thing that they could think to do was go to a high sec area uh, or it was an area called Jitta. It was a very popular, commonly used hub. It was a very important. It was spot. like a player hub, and they found a statue mm-hmm. which you could shoot at, but it didn't have any HP. 
It was, it was invincible, basically. Right, right. Yeah. And they got everyone they could fucking find together and just all started shooting at it. <laughs> so there was so much going on that it crashed the servers and no one could access that area. And those riots went on for like a week. Yeah. Just people. I do remember that. It probably disrupted trade and stuff like it, that. It, it, it destroyed, destroyed the economy. War profiteering from people who were selling ammo went through the fucking roof. Like, it was insane. And it was so like it was so crazy that they made the uh, an indestructible statue to put in Jedi or an Untargeted. <laughs> statue to put in Jeddah as a memorial for that riot and apologized and changed what they well, did. Well, and, and see, one of the reasons that, that I give credit to Eve as well, being able to do this, that, that, that even when you come up with things like Minecraft or games that give the player agency, you're still within your own bubble. Everyone in Eve is affected by this because you're not on servers. There's no not even shardless. It's just one World, it's one big world. Period. Everyone's mm-hmm. affected by everything. Right. Well, and that's the thing is, yeah, exactly. Like, you make a good point about the shards because one of the reasons you can't like permanently alter your world a lot of times is like, well, then, you know, what's happening on this server isn't happening on this one. Now we have to start developing different ways for different servers. Yeah, that's true. You have to be able to say like, no, no, no. These decisions are going to affect everyone. And that goes back to what Nora said about courage. Mm-hmm. Because for a developer, again, we, we've mentioned this in the past, CCP is luckily not beholden to... EA or ActiBlizz or, or, or anything well, like that. They yeah. also have uh, like a, a big summit meeting every every few years where like high ranking players within Eve are get invited. to come and invited and are the, basically in the development process. There was the, the whole uh, uh, the whole like espionage thing that we That's had a couple right, of years ago at one of those meetings, about, yeah. you know, where someone defected to uh, to another team. That's what caused, I think. Goon Swarm to take out whoever the biggest rival was. Mm-hmm. Well, I, and and I sort of feel like that is the payoff of the promise of the early days of MMOs. It is. Right? Like, that's sort of what I always wanted out of an MMO community, but yeah. never really fully got. And I got a little bit of it in Ultima Online, mm-hmm. you know, because that was much more of a sandbox game. Um, you know, uh, Origin was a much smaller company, and so they, at least at the time, and so they could more meaningfully connect with their audience, and they would do kind of cool stuff like that, right. like the murder of Lord British. That right. was yeah. mm-hmm. that was a huge event that they made a part of the lore. Yep, and and it sort of felt like uh, yeah. Yeah, once you lock yourself into that idea that the world has to be static across all of these different servers and that the experience has to be exactly the same for every player with, you know, a reasonable degree of of uh, deviation right. to account for other players. No more than two standard deviations. Exactly, right? Yeah. Like, But that's sort of what it felt like WoW boiled the formula down to. Yeah. I mean, other games started to do that. Um, uh, WoW Dark, perfected it. Dark Age of Camel a lot, uh, EverQuest, um, uh, Final Fantasy XI, and then you're right. WoW sort of really kind of perfected that model. The multiplayer, single-player game. <laughs> exactly. And then every MMO that came out after it, because of course WoW did, you know, bajillions worth of, uh, you know, yeah. a worth of business, every MMO that came out after it just tried to crib on what WoW, wow was dude. doing, yep. and so you got this uh, incredible amount of stagnation that yes. happened to the innovation in side of MMOs. So, and, but but that didn't seem to affect CCP. CCP was like, yeah, you know what? You guys do your own thing. We're, we're still making good money. Yeah, like we've got we've got spread spreadsheets in space. We're fine. We're going to be good. We're going to keep doing this. And it's like, yeah, they had a rough period where they were not doing so hot financially, but they that. they rode that out I, and and I'm I think that they are f- all the better for I'm it. I'm glad you called it that cuz that's who I feel plays 
Eve Online is like accountants. That's how I feel the whole community is made of accountants. No, it, it is Everyone. a game of spreadsheets. Everyone can play. You want to be an insurance salesman? Congratulations. That is a thing oh, that I know. exists in Eve Online. I know, but it, I think also I, I want to ask the question like, do you think another game could even do this? No. See, that's the thing. I don't think that when Eve Not Online... Now, but even in the future. No, can you because I, when Eve... <laughs> I guess you'd have, yes, to, you'd have to... But, I do. but purposefully... I do. A- Ashes is trying to create that, and they have. I don't, it's, hang on, I'm going to disappoint a few people out there. It's not going to be Ashes. No, it's not. I think what is going to be able to do this is going to be, and I don't know where this is going to come from, but there's going to be a technology push that facilitates a a a world that is so big and so encompassing and so engrossing that developers will go back and reevaluate stuff from the way that early MMOs designer MMO designers would design worlds and the interactivity of them. I'm just saying if it's Star Citizen, I'm jumping out that window. <laughs> I don't know that it's going to be Star Citizen either. And I don't know that that fall would kill you just FYI. I, I'm I'm I, I, like I don't I don't know what the setting is going to be. I don't know what the world is going to be, but I think someone is going to see the ability to make an entirely living breathing world and they're really going to take that that um Challenge under their wing. Whatever game it is, because uh, I don't think we're there yet. But whatever game it is, that game will be we're not heavily AI developed. I I think AI will definitely play a role in well, it. Of course, yeah. But, uh, but here's the thing, and 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 here's why I say I have no idea where this is going to come from because Hideo Kojima for years. Even though he was just making Metal Gear Solid games, he was like, no, I'm putting flora and fauna that you can interact with that is programmed on its own cycles that has its own, you know, shit that it's doing. It's its own living, breathing world. But he's trying to push that through the medium of Metal Gear, where a lot of those pushes, a lot of those advancements are barely even going to be noticed right. or even, you know, uh, appreciated mm. by the by the audience that's playing them. Your average developer is not going to let you do do that. But it didn't fucking matter to him because he's like, I've been making this since 1984. I'm going to push the medium of games the way that I see fit. And at the time, Konami had a short leash or had a long leash on the dude and yeah. let him do that kind of shit. And and I think that there's going to be some kind of visionary developer out there that no matter what they're working on, they're going to see the ability and the promise of something like this and go, I'm going to push the entire industry in this way and I'm going to do it through whatever here's why here's why i think it's possible but not in the way that eve is and i actually lean on the fact that it's probably not possible anymore is not on purpose i think not on purpose you you accidentally not on purpose is going to be something that a community is so powerful and so uh endeared to that particular game that the dev is going to have to take their hands Sh- off like of sort it. of shift towards it's gonna that. have to shift mm-hmm. towards it Are you it's saying that be fan something- entitlement is what's gonna get this eventually N- no, no not, not necessarily, necessarily not fan entitlement but community engagement that's two that's different what things. it is that's two different because things. if you tr- if you were to try to launch the eve of today and enough people just don't get into it it's a dead because at the beginning, if you're relying on your players to push that content and push that but agenda, wait. and they feel like there's I mean, not enough con- some, no, 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 they but feel I mean, like there's not enough content like, to keep them engaged, they'll flock away. Before I agree, you but you have up. something like Ark, right? Where Ark is very, 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 you know, Ark and Conan and stuff like that, where 
a lot of the stuff is generated by the community. But the reason why I say that is because I'm not sure if there are developers with the resources and the capital to be able to have the courage to do it. Eve had to Eve made came out made enough money for the developer to continue to make the decision oh. to to be hands off. I feel well, like I, it, I, 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 I I was just gonna say I feel like there's even more dangerous there's even more danger in the other side of that where you have too many people playing your game and now you have too many cooks in the goddamn kitchen. So like Fortnite. Where, where, well, where or we saw this with Final Fantasy fourteen where initial feedback for fourteen was coming from like one of two camps. Square Enix decided. To listen to one camp and not the other, and now we have the the shitty cycle of of content that that well, game is putting. Part part of doing something like this, if a developer decides to, is there are going to be people who don't like it, and you have to be okay losing them. Yes. You have to be okay well, with that. That's yeah, what yeah, I say. Yeah, yeah. Eve Online really. I'm I, never going to play Eve Online. Never, but you you're think not they even, care? But, never but had you're not that player base. It never had WoW player base, and it never, it never tried to. to. It and that's tried and that's to. and that's what was so admirable about what Eve did. They were like, "Yeah, no, fuck it. We're just going to do. We're well, going to keep doing our own thing. We're going to keep building on this." And yeah, okay. So we lost a hundred people this week to to whatever. WoW. Okay, we'll regain them eventually. But, like you like know, they, they came, stayed the course, right? But they came up at such a perfect time to be able to stay that course. Like like at the time they their only competition as far as a spacefaring game was Star Wars Galaxies and Star Wars and that Galaxies was not much of a space they were game. flailing so but hard by the, that time but, but even just the industry was in the right place when Eve came out because it what was I mean. where big money was involved in gaming and you can make big money but you didn't have to be attached to some other big studio you had a lot of freedom a lot of creative stuff was being made in the MMO space at the time. Outside, you know, this is like just past what EverQuest two, so or yeah, just past EverQuest two. So we're really still kind of the wild west of MMOs. Like it hadn't at that time that yeah. wow, you know, a uh, uh, formula hadn't even been made yet. Well, no, but I mean, like we're right now in the midst of these sort of like resource gathering games, yeah, kind of like amassing in the same way that. MMOs did in the early days, right? Where Ark, yeah, you got Subnautica. Ark, Ark seems to be kind of like the standout among them, like, right? I would like Subnautica is the big one Subnautica. right now. Uh, uh, you know, kind of like the EverQuest yeah. of uh, of of these sort of resource games, yeah, right. And so we have a glut of of stuff in the middle, and you've got like Conan and yeah. um, uh, you know, kind of these middling games. Uh, there's another Rust. Uh, Rust. Uh, there's a um, uh, uh, a medieval one, yeah. That, that I the one where you're on the island too. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Of. All of these, right? So uh, it's going to take a breakout from this genre to really kind of solidify what, like, how this medium ends up evolving, how this genre ends mm-hmm. up evolving moving forward. And I've always said, you know, you look at something like Age of Conan, and there's there's a pretty compelling, you know, game mechanics that uh, underpin that whole game, and uh, I, I'd like to see something like now it's going to be able to like i think the trick is finding the audience like finding an audience to make it popular enough to make more people want to get in under that umbrella if all of minecraft was on one server it would be that right it would that would be be eve online it'll be pixelated eve online yeah essentially and i mean i i really I love these kinds of stories because the, the I RP and stuff in MMOs that I've played much to the chagrin of the rest of the cast. But I see stuff like that as opportunities to 
sort of do the same thing, create compelling user-generated content, which is essentially what EVE Online does every day, is that you go in and everything that you know about that universe, everything that you learn about the world, everything that you learn about its factions and its people are users. Right. And I think that's dope. I think that's a great way to experience a game world where you're not being told on high that this is a story that Every single person who's played the game has been told. Right. No, you could venture out into some crazy null space area that's controlled by some faction that you never heard of. But maybe if your ass was listening a little harder or talking to more people, you would have found out. Right. That's true. I find that to be incredibly compelling and I wish more developers would try it. But I know how much money that takes. Well, and and how much of a risk it is too, yeah. because it's it, it's not like it's untested or untried. It's just it, no one has had breakout success using that model. And I Eve think Eve has been about the best. Eve has been about the closest. And I think that you know some of these sandbox games, uh, if you can have a breakout hit from one of those, that may be able to do it. Who knows? But I think what is much more likely is that in the same way that WoW came in streamlined a lot of the much more frustrating aspects of MMOs right. that some game is going to come in streamline the much more frustrating aspects of these resource collection games yeah. and that's going to be what sets the stage right like I, I mean Minecraft was a very mainstream hit totally. yeah. but it still had things that like held it back from like like mass appeal right like it was still I mean it had mass it appeal. had mass appeal but it was also still kind of kitschy like it was definitely more popular we're gonna do with, what world of warcraft it did. was never gonna okay, do yeah true. it was never gonna do what world of warcraft did but i think if those sandbox resource games had a world of warcraft style hit that that would do two things i mean it would you would see the same amount of stagnation that you saw enter into mmos and and the same amount of repetition but you would also see a whole lot more interest and investment in that genre as well and out of that you could get some game that is adventurous like eve online that's um so I, i i think that that's at least where I see the natural progression of MMOs going, and I'm going to be interested to see how that ends up playing out. And I think that if developers take a much more hands-off approach to crafting the in-game story and the lore, that in the end, that's going to be much more engaging for their community. But what they need to do is they need to supplant some of those writers with community people yeah. to be able to bridge that gap because yeah. the biggest the biggest thing that I've seen lacking from MMO developers and and AAA studios that are putting out MMOs is a meaningful way of reaching out and connecting with the community very yeah, very it's few so fake. it is it's so fake it's boilerplate it's yeah. it's it's you know rehearsed it's and it's, it's rote it, it's, it's rote and boring and and it comes off that way when's the last time you heard a, an, an interview with an MMO developer that you wanted to sit down and listen to. You're like, I already know these answers. You Never. released them on I your website two answers. days ago. Never. Yeah, exactly. Why? Uh, like, give me some exclusives. Like, talk to me. Like, I, I, you know what I would love? I would love to sit down with one of the developers from Bethesda working on Fallout 76 right now and just go, tell me about your job. That's it. Tell yeah. me about what you deal with every single day. Oh, God. Yes, that's it. I would love that answer. Whole, that's the whole fucking interview. 
I would love that. I would love and 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 f- to know that the person sitting across from you is going to give you a genuine answer. Yeah. Like, holy shit, you would not believe the shit show that I'm dealing with right now. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? You're never going to get that. In an you're never. Well, you're never going to get. I don't think you're going to get that level of candidness from a developer. And I think no, a lot because then the next day the company cans that guy. And I, that's what I was just yeah. going to reference. And and you can thank all of the bullshit around a arena net and uh you know the the the, the, the different story that we covered for that i was just trying to th- come riot, up with it was it riot was it riot it was riot yeah mm-hmm. now granted they in that case they did actually riot has quite there, a slew of there, other issues yeah there was a direct order that they went against right. but still but still though i mean if you want to if you want to blame the fact that developers aren't candid or honest with anyone, including it, the media the or on social media, it's because you jackasses sit there and cry like babies who just wet your goddamn diapers every time someone tells you something that you don't want to hear. Every time you're confronted with a hard truth, it's like, man, they're being mean. No, they're telling you the truth, but you don't want to hear it because all you want to do is sit around and play your video games and be an armchair warrior on Twitter. <laughs> Damn. Good for you. Wow, we got there out of Eve Online. I know. Wow. Eve Online is magic, guys. That, Eve Online is magical. It really is. No, but it's no, but it's easy to feel frustrated and enraged by other developers and other MMOs when you see something like Eve that albeit it is far too late for any of us to get into it with any sort of real passion. Sure. Well, yeah, unless yeah. we're willing to dedicate a few that, years. Yeah, but which that spaceship has sailed. Exactly. If we jump <laughs> but, into it, we can be a part of this story that happened five years from now exactly but the thing is is that it's frustrating when you see eve and you see these stories that come out of eve and you see people proselytize that game the way that do that they do when you talk to somebody who's played it or who's continuing they to love play it. it they love it mm-hmm. and they know that it will ne- they know talking to you about it that you're never gonna go play that game mm-hmm. they know it and they're willing to still talk to you about it by the they'll way still they'll talk happily to you talk it. your ear off about it i know believe yeah. me they, i know but they know you're never gonna go pick pick it up and play it yeah and i think that's okay there are certain every game doesn't need to be a blockbuster, dude. It just needs to be a thing that a few people love, and that's sort of really what encompassed MMOs in the first place. It was love and enthusiasm. It was it love really and was. enthusiasm, yeah. and that's what you wanted—an active community that loved the game, that really, really loved the community that they were in. It necessarily wasn't always about. You know, it's always about revenue, but it wasn't always about creating these worlds that just churned out content so people can never, ever, ever unsub without that FOMO. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And yeah. that and that's the thing. Man. Oh, I, God, it, you're right. That's, that's it, it that is. seems to be the strategy now well, is that's, like that's make, them, f- I, make I mean, them fear missing out. It's kind of always sort of been there. The idea of here's more content, here's more content. But back when I played 11 or even World of Warcraft, it wasn't until probably 14. And, and now I see it in WoW. But now you sort of see these these phases pop up where it's like play 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 all right now i'm done until the next bit comes out play, that's, play, play. but that's what now I'm, saying. I'm done yeah, but, yeah i agree but it, it, especially from a sense of when you got into an mmo first of all is with the acceptance that you'll never do all of the content ever yeah there is no there is literally no way for you to experience Everything that that game had to offer, and if that you is, do, and if you want to, you better start quitting your job. That's right your now. job. Like hand in your two weeks. Exactly. That's your job now, dude. 
they're designed in a way to where you can do just enough to get you right up to the edge of doing everything. And then we release just enough for you to do the same thing over again. It's just a damn hamster wheel. Yeah. And that's it. And that's the part that frustrates people about MMOs. That's why so many people don't get into them anymore is because it's just a hamster wheel of content, you know, juxtaposed to something like Eve, where I guarantee you there's people who hop into that game and probably don't resource or farm any sort of resource ever. Just run around and just pirate people. How many wars do you think happen in Eve because one of the alliances go, man, we've got a lot of stuff. Yeah. Let's go take someone else's stuff. Yeah. That's kind of what's happening right now in Fallout 76, where people are like, yeah, I've killed 800 Scorched Beast Queens, and I have all the stuff that I want. Let's just go steal other people's stuff. Yeah, let's just take it from other people and see what they do about it. Because they probably have some stuff that we don't have. Maybe. Maybe, Or maybe they don't, or maybe they don't. I just want to take their stuff. I want them to not have it. I mean, like... (laughs) That's the EVE Online model right there. Yeah, and that actually makes for some very interesting stuff to to go down. Um, Yeah, let's, let's take a look ahead at the uh, weekend in esports. Well, it actually starts today. Oh, oh yeah! The LEC region, the European region for League of Legends, kicked off today. We back, so it's back. Uh, when this podcast comes out, it'll actually it'll still be going out when this podcast comes out. So that'll be great. In addition, we've also got the Chongqing Major in Dota Two, first uh, Dota Two Major of the Year. That's running on uh, Saturday and running actually throughout next week. Aka nice. the big the big bucks. Tourney, you know it. Dota 2. And the I Buy Power Master for uh, Counter-Strike Global Offensive is Saturday and Sunday this weekend. So, oh, it's so nice to actually have a few esports. Esports is back, there. guys! Yes. And, and in the big names, it's not just like, uh, well, you can watch Pokemon Tournament. Right. What are you watching you this to? weekend? Uh, I'm watching the LEC this re- weekend, definitely. Yeah. Uh, I mean... If I had NALCS to watch, I'd be watching that. Fair. But I don't get that till next Saturday. I'm going to watch Dota 2. <gasps> On the next episode of this podcast, I'm going to get to announce LCS is back. Yay! Oh. Hey. You're going to watch Dota 2? No, I'm not. Uh, I'm just, like, no, you're not. What? <laughs> Holy shit. No, See, I'm just I'll, saying I'll, things I'll, that are untrue. I'll wait a week till NALCS and I'll watch that. This week, Punisher 2, baby. That's true. Oh, yeah, that's right. Weekend. That's right. And we got New Young Justice tonight also. Uh, also, we've got a uh, holiday weekend this weekend. We do. We've we got will. Monday off. We do. Are you, what, do you have anything planned for I, Monday? So I officially found out that I'm getting my keys to my house at 4 o'clock tomorrow. Nice. So I imagine I'll be moving a lot of furniture, painting, and cleaning. That's fair. Uh, yeah. Norris, how about you? What are not you doing Monday? I'm doing nothing. Nothing? nothing. Do, not doing anything. Nice. Nope. Robbie? Uh, get watching Punisher, and then of course on Monday, Dungeons and Dragons. So there you go. Actually, probably be planning that all weekend as well. Don't forget, Dungeons and Dragons goes down Mondays here, right here at twitch.tv slash checkpoint XP. We're also going to be cataloging those as posts on our website. I've so. been getting a lot of good feedback from people who have been watching, like. Nothing against our old DM, of but people not. just have apparently like watching us a lot more with me in the DMZ. So, so again, uh, if you missed the first session, you're going to be able to find that tonight. Robbie, I'm going to trust that you're going to post that on our brand new website over at CheckpointXP.com. Brand spanking Go new. check it out. Uh, Robbie's going to pers- post the first session tonight, and then, of course, you can catch the second session Monday night, starting at about, what, 9? 8.30, 8.30 is when we gather. 8.30. Be here. Twitch.tv slash Checkpoint XP. All right. That's going to do it for the Checkpoint XP podcast. 
Thanks so much, guys, for joining us. We always appreciate having you here. CheckpointXP.com is where you can find out more info about the show, interviews from past episodes, and much, much more. That's all over at CheckpointXP.com. Stay up to date on all the latest by following us on social media. That's CheckpointXP on Facebook and Twitter, and Checkpoint underscore XP on Instagram. And if you like the show, consider dropping by our Apple podcast feed and giving us a rating and a review. Checkpoint XP is a production of Beasley Esports XP and Westwood One. Our theme is provided by the band Weird at Last. Big thanks to our production team of Rick Scott, Mike Thomas, and Buzz Knight. For the Checkpoint XP crew, Robbie Landis, Norris Howard, and Joe Sloan, I'm Nate Bender. Keep listening. You've been listening to the Checkpoint XP podcast. Make sure you subscribe to iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, tune into our weekly radio show. For more information and the latest on esports and gaming, go to CheckpointXP.com.